you have a copy of God's word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. Hebrews chapter 10. You're looking at verses 19 through 25. This is a, a two-part series, Motivation to Action. This morning, we'll just be looking at verses 19 uh, through 20, 22. And next Sunday, we'll look at verses 23 through 25. And again, this is a part one and a part two, and we'll have the same outline uh, that we have today for next Sunday as well. So uh, just keep that in mind. But if you have a copy of God's word, look with me at this important passage, this passage that uh, could be summed up in uh, the idea of the call to worship or the call to worship. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Remember that all flesh is like grass and, and all is glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. This is this is this is true. The word God's word remains forever. We can believe it. It is true. It is true for us forever. Let's look at this passage together here this morning. The writer says, therefore, brothers, therefore, based on what God has done through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, based on all that Jesus Christ is, all that Jesus Christ has done. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. May God bless his word here to us this morning. The author of Hebrews is now concluding the doctrinal section of the preeminence and supremacy of Jesus Christ. He has laid it out line upon line, detail by detail, paying attention to everything so that we can come away with the with the with the right understanding and the truth about who Christ is and, and what he has done. And, and because of what he has taught us what we have learned so far about the the supremacy of Christ we should we should see in him the sufficiency of Christ that he is he is a sufficient savior that there is no we sung the song all i have is christ that's what the author of hebrews is trying to get across to his jewish audience all you have is christ there is no other way to god the father but through Jesus Christ. That is the anthem. That is the, that is the banner we hear as the children of God should raise. All I have is Christ. All I, that is all. My boast is Christ. 
And, and, and so be, because of the truth about the sufficiency of, of Christ and, 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 and his work and, and his person, this, 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 this should do something. The, the, the writer of Hebrews, he, he calls for his readers to apply and, and to practice what they learn about Christ. You see, it's not just to know about Christ. It's not just to, it's not good enough to know the gospel. It, it, we are to know the gospel and what we know about Christ, what we know about his gospel should impact the way we live our lives every minute, every second, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year. That, that there is no moment you and I live, but it is there's no moment we live our lives on this earth. While we live our lives on this earth, there is no moment where the gospel of Jesus Christ does not apply. It applies in every hour, every situation we're in, every circumstance. You're struggling. Uh, you're dealing with, with your suffering. You're dealing with pain. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that is sufficient for you in that moment. And that's what the, this is what the author is trying to get across to, to his readers. They're, they're to apply and to practice what, what they learn. It, it, there is practical application to, to the truth of the, of the gospel. The truth of the gospel should, should motivate what we do that should it should be the motivation by behind it behind the door of every act every thought every deed behind that should be the gospel the motivation behind it should be the gospel it should be the truth about christ and so the writer he he, he wants his under his readers to to not only understand but but to appropriate appropriate the the, the riches that, that they have in Christ his desire is to is for his audience to, to and this is the this is the it's not just the desire of the writer of Hebrews this is the this is the uh, desire of every under shepherd that God calls the true the those who are called by God the true under shepherds called by God, have as their one desire this, that the, the flock of God knows Christ and lives according to what they know about Christ. This is, you say, well, how, do I, how do I know who is a, who is a true uh, leader in the church? Here, here, this is how you measure. This is how you, you, you measure. You, you you look at their lives and you see, is this their one desire above all desires that all would come to know Christ and be made complete in him? And so the author, he wants his audience to grasp this, grasp the message of, of Christ and the gospel and 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 see that see it, it its effects in, in their lives. Because, beloved, you can't say that you properly understand the gospel and it's not having an impact upon your life. You, 
it doesn't matter whether you come to church, whether you what whatever if if what you know about Christ, if 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 behind all that you do is not Christ, then you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand who Christ is yet. Yet. So let, we're, we're going to be looking at uh, our, our spiritual privileges here start to start out. And we'll see two things that that uh, we have because of, of Christ and his work on the cross. We, we have confidence. We'll see first that we have confidence to enter uh, the holy places. Uh, this is is talking about the this is a, a analogy referring to the sanctuary or the the most holy place in the tabernacle. He, he's saying uh, those of us who are in Christ have have confidence, have this confidence. And also we'll see the, the second privilege that we, we have a great high priest. This has been the theme that the author has been repeating over and over again in Hebrews. That we have a great high priest. So, so let's look first at the fact that that we can we can enter the holy places with confidence. Notice verse nineteen. The writer of Hebrews starts out with "therefore, brothers." We know that "therefore" is is a is a a, a way of uh, bringing together all that has been said previously and bringing it together. And this is what the author is doing. He says, therefore, in view of all that Christ uh, in, in his person and, and his final offering for sin and in view of the, the blessings of the new covenant in which he brings about the writer appeals to, to his readers. He he based on those things and he appeals to them. It's, he he affectionately he's been dealing with them with some hard truths. You know, he, he, he's been dealing with them. Some of them has, he said that they have been dull of hearing. He, he, he said that there are some who are on the verge of apostasy. He's been dealing with, with his audience in, in, in a way that could, could, could be, we could say that it was tough, but, but he mixes in, he mixes in his, his exhortation, uh, with a, a affectionate appeal, brothers. He appeals to them as 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 believers, brothers and sisters. He says, therefore, brothers. And 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 now he reminds them of the two spiritual privileges they have in Christ. Notice first that 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 they have confidence or, or boldness or or open access or or authorization to to approach God. Notice what he says. He says, since we have confidence to enter the holy places. This, 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 the idea here is a freedom. There is the freedom of access into the presence of God. And, and this is, remember, this is to a Jewish audience, to, to an audience of Jewish believers. And, and they would have, they would have heard this and they, they understand that, uh, their grandparents, their parents perhaps, they, they lived under the, the old covenant where only one high priest could enter into the most holy place once a year. That's, that was, that, these Jewish believers, that wasn't far removed from their lives. Perhaps their parents, perhaps their grandparents, perhaps their great-grandparents, they, they only could, could uh, they, they only had confidence through the high priest. 
the high priest went into the tabernacle with the with the tribes, the names of the tribe of, of Israel uh, on his chest. And he went in representing the people, but none of the people went in. None of the people, none of the common people of Israel had the confidence to or the, the, the boldness or the access to go into the to into the into the tabernacle because what would happen? They would have died. And, and it was the priest. But he notice what the writer is saying for the the new covenant believers. He says, we have confidence to enter. <laughs> Think about the high priest, even though he went in once a year into the most holy place. He didn't go in with confidence. They, he had to tie bells around the, the, the bottom of of uh, of his of of his garment and he he had to he had to put bells on and and he had to they they tied a rope around his waist so when in when he went in to to do his function his once a year function in the presence of God they did that so that they can hear if he's in there doing his job if he's offering his, you hear the bells ringing but if the bells stop ringing there's a problem because he's dead and they and they tied the rope around him. And if he died, they had to pull him out. They couldn't go in there and get him. They they had to pull him out, you know. But 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 notice the contrast. Do you see the contrast? In Christ, all of us who are Christians, we have the green light. To come into God's presence as freely as the high priest under the old covenant and even more free. We have access. We have open access. We have the authorization. We have the, the, the right of access to approach God, to fellowship with God. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, to commune with God. He's just built, he's just getting us started about this idea of entering and 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 fellowshipping with God. But but this is a privilege we have under the new covenant. This privilege, this privilege, this this confidence to enter the holy places is not based upon our own merit. It, it, it's not based upon what we do or what we have done. The, the means by which we have entrance into the uh, entered the, the holy places, the, the, the means of it is the blood of Christ. This is, this is how we, it, we, we have this, this confidence, this, this, this open access. It is by the blood of Christ or, or the, the offering of Christ in death upon the cross to God as a sacrifice for our sins. This is how we have this privilege. It is through Christ and, and Christ alone. No other way. No, and that should, that, that, that should comfort us. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye who are heavy burdened and heavy laden, burdened down, 
All of those Jesus call is for those who are burdened down uh, with trying to keep the law, trying to please God. And, 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 and they can't. And Jesus says, come unto me. If that's you, come unto me. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. And I'm in that yoke. Take my yoke upon you. And I'm with you. Is what you take. It's my yoke. I've done the work. I bore the weight. I'm bearing the weight. I've done what is necessary. And it's light for you because I I bore the burden. He says, it's, it's by the blood of Christ and, and what he has done. He has uh, taken away the sin that kept us from coming to God. And the writer describes, he says, by the blood of Jesus, and he describes Jesus' death as he says, it's, it's new. It's, 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 it's a new way. It's a living way. Uh, it is through the curtain. Verse 20, he says, by the new. This is new in, 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 in this sense that, that Jesus' sacrifice was new in kind. It, Jesus' sacrifice was himself. It, it is new because all the other sacrifices was, was animal sacrifices. New in the sense that, that Jesus' sacrifice is far superior to that of animal sacrifices. And, 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 and new in a sense that Jesus' sacrifice uh, it, uh, allowed us to, to, to go into the presence of God as, as often as we want the old way. It, it, it didn't. It, it was, it was temporary. It, it, uh, Jesus allowed permanent, Jesus and, and his sacrificial death gives us permanent access to God. So the writer says by, by the new, and he says, and, and the living, Jesus Christ, he, he, he is alive. And he is alive forever. He, he, the, the, the way to God through him, because he lives, because he lives, is forever open. It, it is never closed. His life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his, his, his enthronement, all that that he has done, he has, it has removed every os obstacle that, that kept us out of God's presence. Right, it says by the new and living way that he opened, that he put in effect, that he made available, that he consecrated, that he said that he opened for us, for, for those who call him Lord and Savior through the curtain that is through his flesh. Christ, he initiated it. He opened the way. He made a way as the old folks where I grew up, they said they, they would continually say, oh, God made a way. He made a way when there was no way. And I now know what they were saying. He made a way for us when there was no way to, to approach holy God. It was Jesus Christ who opened the way by his death on the cross. 
when 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 Jesus it says for for us through the curtain that is through his flesh when Jesus died on the cross the curtain that blocked the entrance remember in the tabernacle there, there was a curtain and in the temple uh later on there was a curtain that blocked access into the most holy place and 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 remember when Jesus died on the cross that curtain that blocked the entrance uh into the holy of holies in, uh, in the in the temple and and uh it was it was torn in two from the top to the bottom you find that in Matthew chapter 27 verse 51 Mark 15 verse 38 Luke 23 verse 45 it, the 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 curtain was torn from top to bottom. And, and what did this symbolize? What did this mean? It, it symbolized that, that it, was, it was Christ's death and Christ's death alone that has removed the, the barrier between us and God. And now the, the barrier has been, been removed and we have free access to God. Every Christian, whether you young, whether you old, you have full access to God's presence at all times. All because of Jesus Christ. All because of Jesus Christ. And only through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself says in John 14 and 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, absolute term, no one comes to the Father except through me. That, that is the only way to the Father. Not the Pope, not the priest, not Mary, not saints, not Allah, not the God of, uh, of, of the, the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witness. There is only one truth about how we come to God, and that's through Jesus Christ and him alone. Nothing added. Nothing added to, to Christ, but through him and him alone. This is what the author is saying. By the blood of Christ, by the new and living way that he opened. He, he did it. Nobody, it. It was Christ. He opened for us through, that is, through his flesh. This is, this is what, what Christ has done. Turn, turn, turn to Ephesians. Chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Matter of fact, I start reading at verse 12, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, starting at verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from, from Christ, talking to, talking to the Gentiles, alienated 
from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, <laughs> but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, having uh, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see that? It, it, it is through Christ and Christ alone that, that we uh, are able, we'll see here, to draw near to God, to, to come to God and commune with him and to fellowship with him. It is only through Jesus Christ alone. Turn to chapter 3, verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 12. In verse 11, and talking about uh, according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom. And so this is verse 12 is about Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. You see some of the same words that we just read in Hebrews, right? In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. And Paul goes on, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. And turn to First Peter. First Peter, chapter three. Verse 18. says, for Christ also suffered once for sin. We, we saw this and the writer made this argument in Hebrews as well. For Christ also suffered once for sin, sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. That he, why, why did he suffer once for sins? Here's the reason. Here's the purpose that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Jesus enabled us who were dead in trespasses and sin to be made alive, to be born again, to be regenerated, and to have an open fellowship with God the Father. It is through Christ and Christ alone, beloved, is, is the point I'm trying to make. And so we can enter boldly, uh, with, 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 with confidence into the holy place because of Christ. And that's the first privilege we see. And we also see that we have the privilege of having a great high priest. And we've covered this uh, as well. So we're not going to labor here uh, long, but Jesus is, is, is not just a priest, but he's a, he's a great high priest. We saw that in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14, Jesus is a, is a great high priest. He's different than all the other uh, high priests. He is superior to all the other high priests. And, and notice it says, since we have a great high priest over the house of God. The house of God here refers to the church. It refers to the community of believers. It refers to, to us who have trusting in Christ, who have placed faith in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 uh, said this. It said that, that we're no longer, it says, 
Paul said to those, to the Ephesian believers, and this applies to us as well. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This, this is this this is this is the the household of God, the, the people of God. And, and it is Christ who is our great high priest who exercises rule over the people of God. He 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 rules over the house of God. He is the head of the church is another way to say it. He is the Lord of the church. And and it is he who he, he continues to, to, to intercede for us after having done all things for our salvation. He, he done everything necessary for us to be saved. He he is seated and he is interceding for us. He, he is he is a great high priest over the house of God, over the people of God. And since these things are true, what are we supposed to do? If we can enter with confidence the holy places, if we have open access to God, and if we have a great high priest in Jesus Christ, what are we supposed to do? The author says he 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 makes the point that we should be we should be moved to action. This this should motivate us to action. Let's look at what he says in verse 22. He gives us three let us statements uh, in the following passages, and we're only going to cover one today. But he gives us three. And, 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 and this one, this, this one that we find in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart. This one is the primary this this is the primary command. This is the this this is the principle. This is the principle that the author is is getting at. This is the the principle that that he is laying out for these believers. He says, "Let us draw near." This 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 is a a, a call to to worship in a, in a sense. When when we come together, uh, we we are. We, we, we are commanded to draw near to God. When, when we do our devotions and we pray, uh, this, this, this is uh, drawing near to God. So the, the writer says, based on what, what Christ has done, based on the access we have to God, he says, draw near to God. And notice that the writer includes himself. You, you see that? He says, let us. He, he includes himself in this command oh so 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 we can what we learn from this is this is this is a command for all christians all christians are commanded to do this and he says he says let us and this is similar to 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 psalm 122 uh, uh 122 verse 1 and, and where the psalmist said i was glad when they said to me you probably could finish it let us go into the house of the lord let us go near. Let us draw near. This is a command. This is a this is a call to respond to what he has just said about the fact that we have a great high priest and the confidence, uh, confident access to God. Based upon that, 
draw near to God. The Christian life is not a, a, a passive life where you sit back and, and, and you let go and let God. That's, that's not the Christian life. You just, well, God is going to do everything, so I'm just going to just lay back and just let it happen. No, the writer says, he, we're commanded. He says, let us, all believers, draw near. Go near. This is, this is, this is a call to every Christian. This is a call to every Christian to continually to intimately commune with holy God. Uh, again, this would have been mind-blowing to these Jewish believers because apart from Christ, they never knew anything like this to draw near to God. Because if you drew near to God in worship under the old covenant and go in, you go in that tabernacle, you're going to die. But under the old, uh, under the new covenant, it says we're commanded. <laughs> we're commanded. Let us draw near. Draw near to God. Commune with Holy God. To this, this drawing near is to go. To, to it is to know Him, to fellowship with Him, to to pray to Him, to to praise Him, to glorify Him, to worship Him, and we do it all through Jesus Christ. This is what this call is. And, and, and beloved, I'm going to say it this way. The beginning, it should be, the beginning, the end, even as we gather here today, anytime we gather, the beginning and the end of all that we do, as a body, individually in our homes, as believers, the beginning and the end of all that we do, all that we do, it starts right here. The beginning of what we do is to draw near to God. The ending of what we do is to draw near to God. We come to church. Why do we come to church? Why do we fellowship? This is where it begins. This, this is where it begins. It begins with God. When we, when we stop short, when we begin with something else, well, I go to church because I like, and, and I've heard this, and no doubt I know you've heard this as well. I like, and I used to say this when I was a young believer. Oh, it's like, what do you look for in a church? Oh, I want, I look for in a church. I, I, I like the music. I like the worship. You know, I like, I like choirs. I like choirs. And, and, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a church that, and ain't nothing wrong with that. But that ain't where we start. Uh, you know, I just like whether they got a children's ministry, you know, these are nothing wrong with having a, a children's ministry, a youth ministry. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But if that's what you're starting with, you fall short of what the of what we are supposed to be as believers. That that falls that you you uh, these are the this, if you go in and this is what you're looking for. If you're not going in and say, uh, remember, Paul told the Corinthian believers, he's talking about uh, the necessity 
of speaking uh, words that are understood. Remember, he's talking about tongues, and he said, he said the importance of 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 being able to be understood was so that when others who he's talking about people outside of the church come in, that they first can be convicted, and that they can that they can come in and they can say, basically, God is here. This, 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 this should be our desire is that people come to sovereign grace. And the first thing that they understand is that there are people who draw near to God through Jesus Christ in that place. And I, and I want to be a part of that because that's what this is. This is, this is what we're commanded to do. This is a call for all of us, for every Christian. No matter what church they're in, whether they're doing it or not, this is where it starts. Draw, let us draw near. Draw near to God. Draw near to God through Jesus Christ. And again, think of the privilege this is for us in the new covenant. Those under the old covenant didn't, they could only imagine what it was like to have open access to God. We today who are in Christ have open access, something that the old, that the old Testament saints, they had no idea what that was like. We, we can, we can know God. We, we know him, even though we don't sin, we know him. We, 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 that there's a sense where God has enabled us to comprehend something about who he is as, 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 as spirit. And we can understand because we're spiritual beings. We, we understand and, and we are sure and we're confident that God exists and that he can be approached, that he can be. That's why on Wednesday night when we pray, why do we pray? Because we're confident that God, that God can be approached in prayer. That's why we that's why we pray. That's why we get we come in and we 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 pray because we are confident that if we come together and we as we come together we have access to God and he hears our prayers and we can call him father and we can we can praise him we can worship and we can thank him as we did uh this this past prayer prayer service. We can thank him for all the things that he has done for us last year. We can thank him and we know that he he hears our thanks because we're supposed to come in with thanksgiving. (laughs) Let us draw near to God through Christ. The the, the Jewish Christians that, that the writer is writing to they were tempted to forsake this, this great privilege to, to draw near to God through Christ. They wanted to go, they were tempted to go back to the old covenant and, and approach God through the priest. And the writer is making a point. He says, look, we have open access. Why, why go back to letting somebody else approach God for you when you can approach him yourself? This, this drawing near, this drawing near is not a call to go through the motions. This is, this is not a call to, to be indifferent, to be distant. 
This, this is this is not a this this command to us as believers to draw near. It, it is not simply doing what everybody else is doing in the church. I go to church because this is what everybody else do. Mm. This is this this is notice what he goes on. He says, "Let us draw near." You notice notice what he says that with a true heart. This 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 is this a this drawing near to God through Christ is to be a sincere, a genuine, of uh, coming to God. It, it is to to come to God with the, with a true heart. And and God made this possible because he he. He said that he would write the law on our hearts. Hebrews chapter six, uh, 10, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse, verse uh, 33. God promised that under the new covenant that he would give us a new heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. And so God gives us a new heart so that we can commune with him. So, so, that, so, that, so he gives us a, a new heart that, that desires to commune with him. Oh, how, how precious that is. We, we have a new heart that wants to commune with God. We have a, a new heart that, that desires to draw near to God. And, and if, 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 if we don't draw near to God, something is wrong. We, if something is, is off in our lives when we don't, when, when, when there's a, a long period where we're not communing with God, we're, fe- we're not fellowshipping with him through his word. Uh, that, that's the sense of a true heart. It, not Jesus said of, of the, the people of Israel, he said in Matthew 15, verse 8, he said, he said that they draw near to God with their mouth and honor him with their lips, but their heart was far from him. Now, this is this is not a, a, a true heart, even though there may be times where we go through seasons where it may feel like God is at a distance. It we may be suffering in, in such a way, and it could be physically, it could be spiritually, we could be suffering and 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 uh dealing with, with thoughts of, of of doubt and and confusion, but but even in the midst of all of that. It is the word of God, uh, the spirit of God through the word of God that brings us back and give and, and reminds us of the assurance that we have to come to God. Even though we even though we may struggle that, and, and, and there are times where we may struggle. But praise God, it's almost like. You know, you get a whooping. Maybe this is uh, uh, maybe not a good example, but I'm going to try it anyway. You know how you get, you know. Because I'm not saying, you know, God is cool, but, you know, it's like that's the only thing that come to my mind right now. It's like, you know, you get a you get discipline. I, I'll put it that way. You get disciplined by your parents. And then you think that, you know, they're upset. And you go and you sit down and they come over and say, I love you. Even though you just got you got to, you know, got your bottom toe up. I love you. Son daughter i i still love you and and there's a sense where we may go through seasons of discipline in our lives where god has to discipline us 
Maybe seasons where we're we're caught in sin, and we have and, and we have the Holy Spirit who who through the Word of God brings us right back and, and lets us know that your Father loves you. How how precious is that? And we're talking about a, a true heart. It, this this is what ha- this is uh, this, this is the the heritage of a, of a belief a true believer who has been given a new heart. Eventually, they come back. And they come to understand that they're loved by God in Christ. And so this, again, this, 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 this is a, a, a privilege, a blessing, or, or a response that, that we're to have because of what Christ has done. But it's also a reminder that we're going to struggle. It says, with a true heart. How often have you came to worship? And 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 it, and it was a fight to 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 focus. It was a fight to 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 have the the, the right attitude. It, it was a fight to to not think about perhaps that fight you had with your spouse before you came to church. It was a fight. You, maybe you got into a, a little argument with your children, and and you came into church, and your heart wasn't it wasn't as it ought to be. And so this this is a reminder of the fact that we need grace. We need grace to have uh, to have a, a true a true heart, a sincere heart, a genuine heart when we come to God in worship. Because by nature, beloved, by nature, our hearts uh, they 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 seek to 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 go away from God. Calvin called a heart an idol factory. It's always producing idols. It's always producing. It is always producing idols and turn away from God and going after other things. So this this is a this this is a a fight, but it is a fight that we can win. We that we have to be intentional when we come into worship that we draw near to God with a true heart. We fight. Oh God, I want a true heart. I want to worship you today with a true heart. I want to I want to worship you because this is this is this is what I I want to do. David said in Psalm 27, verse four, he says, one thing have I asked of the Lord and that I will seek after David. He was intentional. He said, I asked the Lord, but he said, that will I seek after. And what was that? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. This, this, you got to be intentional. This just doesn't happen. The desire of the psalmist is to, to continually be in God's presence. And we have to fight for that because the world is trying to distract us from that. Your flesh is trying to distract you from that. All that, all that takes place, everything that you get bombarded all day and all these things are trying to distract you away from drawing near to God. Distract you from the privilege that you have in Christ. And we must fight. We we must fight to ensure that our heart is in it, that our heart is sincere. And he adds, in full assurance of faith, that is, that when we draw near to God, 
with the true heart, we'll draw near in full assurance of faith. We'll draw near to God with the certainty that we're saved. We'll draw near to God and know that we do have access to him through Jesus Christ. Full assurance of faith that I, I, I have a right to approach God in prayer. I have because not because of what I've done, but because of right. I have open access. I can approach God. And see, that's what the enemy strikes at us the most and and making us doubt that that we can we can approach God. But the writer says in full assurance in full assurance, not just assurance, but full assurance of faith. Faith based upon what Christ has done and the privileges that we have in Christ. God, you have in Christ, you've given me a new heart. God, in Christ, you have given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. God, in Christ, whatever challenge that I'm facing, I'm able to overcome because in Christ, we are more than conquerors. You see, you have to, because of what Christ, you have to, you have to rehearse the truth about what Christ, and this is why the author laid out the, 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 these doctrinal truths about Christ. Paul, does, he did the same thing. He lays out the doctrinal truth about who Christ is, and then he goes to the application because he knows that we're going to need the truth, the doctrinal truth, the, the, the truth about, about Christ as we apply and live out that truth. We need truth to live according to the truth. So he says in a full assurance of faith, when we approach God, we're, we're approaching, trusting in God, trusting in Christ and his work on the cross. Even though there may be a fight within us in our emotions, in our in our thoughts, and that's why we we must remember that it is through Christ, through the fact that He sacrificed Himself for us. And, and you know, I think about those times in my life where I, I had to fight and and this struggle with how I was feeling. You know that it's there in those times that you glorify God. That you show that God is 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 who He says He is because you're willing to struggle and fight through your anxiety, through your worry, through your fear. As you fight through those things to have a true heart, it shows that God, that you depend upon God, that you trust Him. You know those times where you just want to turn out the lights and grab a whole dozen of Krispy Kreme donuts and just eat them. You know what I'm talking about. And in those times where you're just depressed, it's in those times you have to fight. The Christian life is a it's a fight. You can't be passive. You have to fight with and fight with the word of God. Fight with the truth about Christ. Fight with the gospel. You got to fight. Because you can't relax until because we're not home yet. We're not in heaven yet. You, 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 can't, you can't lay down and, 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 and relax or lay down and give up because we're not in heaven yet. We got to fight. 
and in full assurance of what of who God is and what Christ has done. And you say, I still struggle. But look, he says, he says, in a full assurance of faith, we draw near to God because he says our hearts have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed pure with water. This, this is a this is our this is a past action that we have received as believers under the new covenant. The blood of Jesus Christ has made us clean uh, of all sin in God's sight. This is a true fact. This is a reality. And, and Christ, he has suffered. We're cleansed because Christ suffered the, the due punishment of our sins. And, and the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to us. It has been given to us. And, and, and the, the, the impurity of our hearts, the selfishness, the sin of our hearts have been sprinkled clean by the Holy Spirit as he takes the gospel of Jesus Christ and he applies it. He, he takes the gospel message and, and he brings it in. And all of a sudden we, we are alive. We, we have waken up from, from, from uh, being dead in our trespasses and sin. The Holy Spirit brings the gospel and it turns on. The light turns on. It, 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 and, and, and we, we don't think, uh, uh, uh thoughts of, of when we approach God that, that God condemns us. We think thoughts like Romans 8 and 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It, it, it is, it is, it, we, 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 we can say that because that, that is true about us. God doesn't, he, he, he doesn't judge us as sinners any longer that that's what the evil conscience that's why people who uh when when they do uh, uh bad things they feel guilty well most of them do the ones that don't feel guilty they they have been given over but 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 there are those who you just watch those shows the criminal shows on tv as the detectives we saw one i think it was yesterday and and a young lady had committed a heinous crime and the detectives are sitting there interviewing her and she's telling on herself. She's relieved. She, in a sense, she was relieving what was on her conscience because it was bothering her. But in Christ, we've been all our sins, past, present, future have been dealt with. And we don't need to, to, to meditate upon or think about them, allow ourselves to feel condemned because of them, because Christ has, has dealt with it. And it's the Holy Spirit who, Bring those things home to us. And, and it's a clean conscience that enables us to draw near to God. And so as we close here today, think of the privilege that we are enjoying right now. As we, we, we come together, and even if you're watching on uh, live online, you are partaking in this privilege that we have because of Christ, the privilege of drawing near. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can be uh, across the world, and we still have fellowship in Christ. How, how precious. That is. And, 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 and so the, the way is open for us to, to, to fellowship with God. 
And, and, and when you think about it, Christ's death, we, we also think about Christ's death just saving us. We, we have, uh, have, you know, uh, ex- uh, experiencing the, 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 uh, the salvation, deliverance from, from uh, the wrath of God. But, but that's, not, that's not all that, uh, our, uh, that Christ's death provides. It provides an, an open access and intimacy in fellowship with God. This is what our salvation provides. And we'll talk about next week where, where uh, the writer goes on. He, he says that we're not to uh, neglect meeting together as the habit of some because of the privilege of drawing near to God. The writer says we are to meet together on a regular basis. Because it is a privilege that has been won for us by Jesus Christ. So as as we we close, I pray that that you understand that what we're doing is drawing near to God through Jesus Christ. And that is a privilege that we have because of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that we can be confident, that we can commune with you and fellowship with you and your word as saints, not sinners, that we can be assured that as we approach you, we need not fear condemnation, that we need not fear your wrath because we have been adapted into your family. We're a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. And Father, may we always remember that what we have in you, free access to you, uh, ability to fellowship with you, that that is all we need. We don't don't need anything else. The psalmist said said that who have I in heaven but you, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And he goes on, he says, but for me, it is good to be near to God. May that be what we uh, proclaim as we come together, that our first and uh, foremost thought would be that it is good to be near to God. Because this is, because God, you're, you are sufficient. The writer of Psalm 16 that was read, he said that you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. It is in your presence in the, uh, that that I have the fullness of joy. And he says that your right hand is pleasures evermore. May, may we come to notice more and more as we enjoy uh, our fellowship with you and our fellowship with one another. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this passage of scripture. Thank you for our time together. And may your people be blessed for the sake of Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.